0: Hey folks, and welcome to Hey Adora, your queer, sheer podcast. I'm Force Captain Mef, they, them. And I am Princess Jenny, she, her. And today we are discussing Beast Island. Ah! The Island of Beasts! The Isle of Beasts! Actually, technically, it's a peninsula. It's not technically a peninsula, it's actually an island. Beast Island is Episode 11 from season four. It was written by M. Willis. It was directed by Mandy Clotworthy. And the storyboards are by Charlemagne Coe, Ivo Ivitschek, Sasra Much, and Belinda Smith. Jenny. Beth. There are so many things here with Razor Sharp. Everything. Fill in the blank.
1: Yes, this is like the Freddy Krueger Island. It's Freddy (laughs) Krueger Freddy
0: Krueger Island everything here is razor sharp the ultimate vacation spot
1: yeah horror
0: movie fan for the horror movie fan and you know people that love you know metaphors for depression
1: oh my god yes this is so in addition to being razor sharp it is also the swamps of sadness
0: it is the swamps of sadness I'm glad you brought that up because obviously I'm going to bring that up and then I will probably defer to you but do you want to jump right in
1: let's Jump right in
0: to our spaceship, to our spaceship with some weird GPS, which is fair. Swiftwind is not sure that they're going 100 in the right direction. Which I mean, sometimes GPS can do things like lead you to a bridge that doesn't exist, bunch yeah. of roads that are
1: closed. Yeah, yeah. In the early days of GPS, it was very unreliable. Like you sure. didn't know if it had live traffic updates. Right, it's much better these days, but you know this spaceship is a thousand years old, so who knows how reliable it is?
0: So we have no idea. Yes, but
1: 50's Adora is very anxious. He wants reassurance from Adora, but she doesn't know either.
0: Yep. So maybe and
1: meanwhile, just... Bo is still obsessing over whether Glimmer will be mad at them when they get back. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. Poor Bo. And Adora uh, is very much like okay. That's fine, but, you know, essentially, like, we're in a spaceship that's a 1,000 years old, and should that thing be blinking? Yeah, the big blue
1: navigational ball turns red. That's never a good sign. Doesn't seem good.
0: No, it's never a good sign. And, of course, Bo is like, oh, well, you know, when things go wrong, the first thing not to do is panic. But really, they actually should have been panicking.
1: Yeah, and it's also like, don't think of a pink elephant.
0: Yes. What? You
1: can't... Oh, you've never... I mean, the joke... <laughs> is that the, it, it's not a joke like a ha-ha joke, but it's like... The thing is, when you tell yourself, don't panic, you can't just be like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. Logically, I shall not panic. Sure, so like, sure, sure, sure. when like, someone don't think of a pink elephant, the first thing they do, it's like involuntary, is to visualize a pink elephant visualize in your mind. Pink, you can't I just, just tell yourself, don't think of a pink elephant. It doesn't work that way.
0: Oh, you know, I actually knew somebody that was in therapy for uh, an anxiety disorder and that was one of their um cognitive hacks that their therapist gave them was the pink elephant to think of a pink elephant to help you calm so, down yeah to like don't think of the pink elephant and that was their like oh. their like brain hack until so they got it tattooed on them so wow, when you said that i, I that. was yeah so don't think that. of the pink elephant so that makes sense so there so, you go it's like nobody panic nobody panicked but of course it doesn't work but of course they panicked
1: and also in this opening scene is the first time Swifty hears the unpleasant sound. Right. Or at least we, you know, we hear it, Swifty hears it, but nobody else hears it.
0: Which I just want to say right now off the jump is some really, really cool sound design. Because the concept that, you know, the concept of like, give us this like moaning, groaning, semi-technical, semi-organic sound that would, you know, drive somebody to pure madness Okay, go and make that. Like that just sounds like like artistic goodness. Like yeah. I would love to So for somebody to tell that to me and I'd be like, "Ooh, what am I going to do?" Oh yeah. Press a bunch of buttons on computer, you know. I ooh, my synthesizer. I love that. Yes.
1: I literally have a bullet here that says we start to hear an unpleasant sound that I don't know how to describe, maybe meth can. <laughs> I just did. And you just did. So I yeah. I had faith that you would. Yeah. Yes, it's very discordant. There's like a minor key kind of aspect to it. Yeah, it wouldn't sound
0: Yeah, I mean it sounds like like somebody layered a bunch of different kind of synthesizer, um, like synthesized sounds on it and then ran it through a bunch of different kinds of yummy filters. Yeah. And yeah. also like took some actual like chords and stuff and then detuned them and possibly took like organic instruments and added them in and put digital filters on it because it has this kind of organic pulsing sound to it as well. It's this it's it's cool. It's yeah. very, very cool. And it's something I... that
1: you cannot mistake for anything other than like this is meant to be upsetting and yeah. unsettling.
0: Yes, it's unsettling. It sounds like madness. yes. Um, yes. and the fact that Swiftwind is the first person to hear it is interesting to me. Cause this is, is it like the, like animals are always in tune with emotions type of thing, or is it like animals can hear different frequencies or is it Swiftwind is so Zen that he understands the world around him better? Or is it just like, it's funny because the happy one can hear it? Like.
1: Those are all possibilities. My first thought, and I'm not sure this is the correct one this is just the first thing i thought of is that he is a creature of pure magic he's like mostly made of magic yeah and so he is more in tune with etheria because etheria
0: is magic right and that was also another uh, another option idea that i had about that as well but all those things could be
1: anyway so swifty hears the sound and just as it happens all the controls go wonky they spin out of control and they crash oh no but they crash into water so they're safe and then we see beast island
0: and it's it it is imposing yes it it is imposing and ominous and ominous and glowy and angular yes like in a bioluminescent kind of glowy yeah and it's another it's another interesting thing that we come to see again this this mixture of this like harsh angular mixed with this like Grotesque organic. Yes, it's like this techno organic kind of landscape. Yeah, yeah. That is like, that takes like some of the most grotesque elements of those kinds of ideas and puts them together in absolute terror and like unpleasantness. Yeah. Like, it's not like, it's not fun shapes, folks. No. It's, It's not, it's, this is not fun island. It sure isn't. It's (sighs) a hazardous waste disposal site. It is a hazardous waste disposal site. Yep. But before we get there, we have a theme song where they pose the question, or I guess we pose the question, because they give us, as ever, are we going to win in the end?
1: If we can hold on to our humanity and our drive to survive through this island that wants to suck our souls out then we, we might win in the end. Damn. First, we have to get through Depression Island with our souls <laughs> and our will to live intact.
0: Folks, if that isn't a metaphor for existence at this point in the world... Yes. Late-stage
1: capitalism... <laughs> I have no idea what is. Late-stage capitalism wants to wrap its bioluminescent, toxic tentacles around you and just drag you down into the swamp of sadness.
0: Yep, because we live in... We live in a toxic disposal unit, beast yes. island, with chibits with razor sharp teeth. Yes, and scruffers with razor sharp horns and razor f- fins with not razor well, sharp fins.
1: Do you no. know? Do you know the funny piece of trivia about the chibits and the scruffers?
0: Uh, I'm guessing that they are from the original series. They are from the original series, and
1: they're actually, like, adorable little fluffy things in the original series.
0: I mean, they have adorable fluffy so names. So it's like I, a joke to make
1: them into terrifying things now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that Bo is always, like, all of these things have the most adorable names, and they're very, you know, razor sharp. It's yes, really but cute. But
1: these particular two, the chibbets and the Scruffers, I you are know
2: very I, cute. I read
1: some trivia, and it's like, those... Those, and it's not the name of types of creatures. It's like there was a creature named Chibbit and a creature named Scruffer. Oh, okay. And they were cute little guys.
0: It sounds like Cockney rhyming slang. It does. Like oh Chibbit my God and Scruffle. Chibbit
1: and a Scruffle, <laughs> yeah.
0: Quick, a quick thing, because I didn't actually write this down. Uh, Cockney rhyming slang is a type of slang that was developed in England, uh, in working class England, a gazillion years ago, where you take a word. And then take something that rhymes with it to refer to that particular word. Um, Look it up on Wikipedia. It's very funny. But it would be like, oh, he's a bunch of Chibit and Scruffers, isn't he? So anyway. Cockney's fun. So anyway. Anyway. Chibit and Scruffers and razor fins with razor sharp teeth. Yes. Adora has no idea why they have that name, but I love me a good rule of three jokes. Propaganda about the terrors of the creatures of this place plenty of propaganda, and also we find Entrapta's mask. Yes, Swifty finds it. So that's a very interesting little yes. Chekhov's check-offs Entrapta's unmasking. Yeah, so she's definitely un- un- here. Yep, and she's been able to unmask on Robot Island. Yes, and so Swifty hears the weird noise again, but the others yep.
1: still don't hear it.
0: They still don't hear it. Um, and and Swift-
1: Bo realizes that the entire island is corrupted First One's tech. Yes. So it really is, you know, like this techno-organic place. It's all kind yep. of fused together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that <laughs> refers back to, you know, what it was called by the GPS on the spaceship at the end of last episode, hazardous materials disposal site.
0: So that tracks. Yep, where I guess they also put beasts. Well were there beasts before there, or did they just put the shit there? And then, like, well, the pukas, yeah, but like, but like, did the, were they just like, well, there's beasts here, so we might as well put our shit here, or were there cute things there, and they put their shit there, and then they turned into like beasts? Is it like, no like, way to
1: know, my friend?
0: Yeah, you know, is it more like, you know, nuclear waste turns like squirrels into squirrels with like laser eyes? Yeah, no way to know. Anyway,
1: um, so I have a bullet here trying to describe the landscape, even though. This landscape is somewhat difficult to describe. Um, I wrote that the whole place is like a spongy vine cave hybrid. And yeah. like some of the areas are more enclosed than others, you know? Um, it's like a forest made out of these bioluminescent vines. So they get to this point now where they have to sort of go into the spooky interior.
0: Yeah, and they're actually... they not into it. Yeah, I actually have something about the landscape, too, and I'd love to to kind of talk about it and throw it back to you because it kind of calls into what you said earlier. Please. Um, So it kind of has these deep, dark wood vibes that are very evocative to me of three uh, classic kind of deep, dark, swamp wood vibes in three classic 80s fantasy films. Specifically, Mm -hmm. 1987's The Princess Bride, The Fire Swamp. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1986, Jim Henson film The Labyrinth, The Bog of Eternal Stench. And the one that really kind of it was the most evocative for me is, and especially like the episodes closely related themes and the visuals for it, especially which you mentioned earlier, the swamp of sadness yes. from the Neverending Story, which is a classic 1984 fantasy film that Jenny has probably seen more times than I have.
1: Yes,
2: um,
1: I think that most people who were kids in the 80s especially people who are right around my age if you were like a little kid in the mid 80s yeah i've seen that movie and it's like you know the scene that traumatized the generation there's a horse in that movie named artax who gets sucked into the swamp of sadness leaving his human buddy
0: utterly alone and it fucked up a lot of kids It fucked up a lot of kids. And, you know, the story itself and the Swamp of Sadness is very similar to kind of the story that's happening in, on Beast Island. Yes, And, and it the is. movie is gorgeous and yeah. the music is it's beautiful. A,
1: it's a movie I highly recommend, even yeah. though um, there are some aspects. I mean, it's an 80s movie. Obviously, there's some aspects of it that are problematic, but I highly recommend Absolutely. it. It certainly is seared into my brain. Yeah. Um, you know, I have it on DVD. It, it was very impactful yeah. for me. Yeah. It's a Um, classic movie. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I have a bullet on that in that scene when it actually happens. But yes, Mm -hmm. obviously I agree with you. I think it's very evocative of the swamp of sadness. I didn't really think of those other two as references here just because, you know, it's a it's a landscape that that is like a metaphor for depression. So that that one reference is such a perfect parallel that I didn't really feel like any others were necessary
0: I mean, I just felt but, like it yeah, looked yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I
1: mean, clearly, you know, 80s fantasy movies are all at play in this show. I mean, it's an 80s yes. reboot.
0: Right. And that's that's why it was kind of evocative for that to me. Um, and I just wanted to say one more quick thing about the never-ending story mm-hmm. um, is that, um, uh, and you know, you might bring this up later, Um it does, te- it touches on the themes of familial grief and different aspects of depression, like apathy, sadness, and the all consuming nothingness, mm-hmm. which are things that we see later in the episode. Absolutely. So it's a Absolutely. great, the, the movie itself is also a wonderful metaphor for depression. So, and also giant sphinxes with titties.
1: And- <laughs> I remember yes. that part. Yeah. Yeah. Imagination, grief. Um, all kinds of big childhood themes. Yes. Yeah.
0: So you know. Anyway, we're we're kind they, of riding on that vibe as yes, we go yes. deeper into
1: the woods. They don't want to go into these woods, but they know that this is why they came here. So in they go. Yep. And Swifty, as he likes to do, starts singing about it to soothe his nerves. Yep. On this awful nightmare island, Adora gives him some side eye. And he Wh- pivots, Wh- which we
0: came <laughs> to on purpose, so everything's great. Yep. It's definitely not weird and scary. Everybody wants to go home. Yeah. You know, keeping the vibe check. Yep. And, you know, everything goes quiet And Swiftwin makes an excellent point. Everything maybe went quiet. For a, a a good reason? Maybe. Maybe. No, Adora definitely Probably recognizes. Not. Yes. It's not. It's a giant so. bug monster. It's a giant bug monster. It's a bad thing. Yes, and Bo
1: is hoping that maybe they have Jurassic Park rules here, and if nobody moves, it won't see them.
0: Yeah, that's true, but they they That does they not don't. work. It does not. Jurassic Park rules do not apply. Yes, so Adora tries to
1: transform... But it doesn't work. What? That's not good. They just have to run away in terror.
0: They have to run away in terror. And Adora has no idea why she cannot transform.
1: Yeah, she can't worry about that right now because they're running for their lives. But it's definitely something that she is super freaked out about. Yeah,
0: it's bad news. Uh, And so things are
1: looking very grim,
0: Meth. Do our buddies die at the hands of this bug? Uh, They don't. They get away. But we... Why did they get away? Who helps them get away? Who helps them get away? There's this ju- dude, this like, this dude in a cape and a cloak, and he's got long hair and like a beard, and he starts wielding sick magic. Who and... is that guy? <gasps> Yo, that's King Micah. It's King Micah of Bright Moon. That dude, isn't that dude supposed to be dead? That's what we've been led to believe. Uh, King Micah's not dead, folks. King Micah is very much alive and casting some spells to kill some bugs. Also, remember that King Micah is played by Daniel Day Kim, who is Mm -hmm. rad and Jenny thinks is hot. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yep.
1: Yes, we would have discussed him back at the end of season three when he appeared in the uh, portal alternate reality.
0: Yes. Yes. So... We don't have to go over that so, part. No way, King Mike is alive. He's alive, and he and he's got some scars.
1: Like he's he's, he's got some scars. You know, his scars. upper body is naked, and so, um, you know, we can see. I mean, it's you know, it's a cartoon, so there and there, it's not a graphic adult cartoon. He's just got some darker pink swaths all
0: around his body. So I, yeah. think it's pretty clear that those are meant to be scars. I mean, dude's gone through it, right? Like, he's lived on this island for what, like? At least a decade. At least a decade. Probably about 15 years. I think think 12 to 15 years. 12 to 15 years, I think, is a decent, like, estimation here. And he's seen some shit and he's had to fight some shit. Yes. And huzzah, he's alive. So, huzzah, he's alive. And we are, what? And of course, because now we are, what? Now we, of course, go away from this scene and go to the Crystal Castle. Yes, no time for reactions. No time for reactions. We must now go to the Crystal Castle. Yes, where Glimmer (laughs) is calling for Light Hope. And I, (laughs) Glimmer just like walks right in and is like, yo, Light Hope, I'm the queen. You need to answer my questions now. I Ex- know you're
1: there. Yes. Except- Fucking pick up the phone. <laughs> except I love the way she starts out. Like, she does not start out with full confidence. No, like, no. She just it's kind like of like. like she knows what she wants to say, but she doesn't say it in her most grown up queen voice. Yeah. It's like the queen of Bright Moon demands to speak to Light Hope mm-hmm. now. <laughs> kind of looks yep. around, hopefully, like, oh, did that work? Like, oh, uh, yeah. okay, let me try again. <clears throat> uh, on behalf of the Great Rebellion, uh, Eternia, uh, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I know you can hear me. So finally,
0: after a bunch of failed attempts, she really, you know, gets yeah. her and gumption she- up. And then she's like, "All right, motherfucker, she pick does up a the phone." Wham
1: with her, yeah, staff, yeah, and that gets some results. Yeah, not the results that she wants necessarily.
0: But I love that she's like, "Oh, okay, bring it on." Yeah, yeah. She gets <laughs> she gets into her
1: "I'm your tough, stabby friend" energy. Love it, and you she's know. she just like she's like,
0: "Okay, it's fight time. I can do that." Yeah, yeah. I An understand fight time. Presence detected. Security just, measures activated. She understands fight time. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you know what? Adora had to prove herself with these giant spiders too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's like um it's like a rite of passage. Yeah,
1: and we have full confidence that Glimmer can
0: get through this wall of spiders. Totally. Yeah, she's a badass. <laughs> we're not worried about that at all. We are not worried about that at all. But nor are we worried about what happens on Beast Island. We're a little worried about Beast Island. I mean we're worried about Beast Island. Yeah, okay, so that's let's fair. Get
1: back there. And there's this great fade as this shot transitions of Glimmer with her staff pointed at the camera fades into a shot of her dad with his staff
0: pointed at the camera.
1: As yeah, we go it's back really cool.
0: It's very cool.
1: Um, and then so then we go straight into Micah being totally surprised when they all recognize him and bow to him.
0: And bow to him. And he's like, what? How do you, no, you know? He's been uh, alone
1: <laughs> eating bugs for 15 years and suddenly he's yeah. being treated like royalty again.
0: Yeah, and... I mean, I his reaction makes sense. He's like, "Don't kneel. I'm no king here." But I mean, like, if you're kicking that much ass, like, I'd be, I'd kneel to you anyway. I'd be like, "I don't know. I don't yeah, care if you're royalty yeah. or not. They had you just similar, saved my life." They had like, similar reactions fuck. when
1: they first met. Huntara.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another bug eating badass. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, hey, you eat bugs, I. Right. Yeah, and um,
1: Micah's reaction. His next reaction. When Bo tries to shake his hand is extremely relatable for me. Micah squishes his face to make sure he's real.
0: Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah.
1: I actually went through a long phase of doing that to my parents at bedtime when I saw my first horror movie at age five. <laughs> so uh,
0: I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah, everyone who knows me knows I love horror movies, been watching them since I was five. And ironically, all the scary blood and guts has never bothered me. But the first horror movie I ever saw... It wasn't even really a horror movie. It was like a sci-fi movie. I don't remember what it was called. It was not very famous. But my mom showed me this movie where these, like, bug-headed aliens were taking over the earth. And it was, like, a secret infiltration because they were wearing human masks. And they only, near the very end of the movie, took off their human masks and revealed their bug-alien heads. And so... I was, you know, terrified that what if everyone around me is secretly a bug alien and I just don't know. So every night at bedtime, I tried to be really subtle. I would like pat my mom's face and be like, good night, uh- nice mommy. Let me just make sure your face doesn't come off.
0: I mean, that's totally fair. I often just have moments where I'm just like, am I, this is a, am I, I'm in reality, right? Is this the reality or all thing is, is anything real? So sometimes I kind of do the like, okay, well, I am in a tangible existence right now, whether or not this is reality is irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, this so, was a very I relatable,
1: very specific moment for me. I was like, uh-huh. yeah, I love this. I see you, Micah, making sure that people's faces are really their faces. Yeah, I do.
0: I do <laughs> love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, and, eh. And they do the whole, we all thought you were dead thing. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like, nope, not dead. I mean, they wanted me to be dead, but I survived. Yes, yes. And they start to share some basic
1: expositional info. Yeah. But they don't really have much time for that because more creatures are coming. So quick, follow me.
0: So one of the important things that we do learn here is that they know Glimmer. Yes. And that's important.
1: Yes. So we have not yet come to anything that gives them a sense of time. But he gets to know that they know Glimmer. Glimmer's alive. Hooray.
0: Yay. Well, that's good.
1: Yes. So off they go to a new part of Beast Island. That's the best <laughs> I can do for a location for this next yeah, scene. Yeah,
0: we, 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 we're we kind of in like a place. Beast Island is like placeless.
1: Yeah, it's not like he has even a little corner that he's made his own. Like in this new place, he, he draws a sigil and says they should be able to rest for a moment we don't get the impression that he has any safe spaces on this island.
0: Right. He just finds places to camp and like rests there.
1: Yeah, and you know, he he leaps across them and grabs a cave bug.
0: <laughs> I love this. And very
1: politely offers them part.
0: Yeah, he's and... like, "Have you had this? Well, I mean, have you eaten bugs before?"
1: Are you asking me? Yeah. No, I have not, but my mom told me a story. So we have cousins in South Africa um mm-hmm. when my grandfather and his siblings and their parents escaped um the holocaust his oldest sister ended up in South Africa so i have like, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of cousins there and i have never gotten to visit but my mom when she was little got to visit and she ended up eating a whole bag of chocolate covered ants before anyone told her that it was a bag of chocolate covered ants
0: oh okay so that's fun cool. yeah i um i uh I've had uh, chipoline tacos before, which are uh, dry roasted salted crickets. Yeah, I've heard and crickets are really great protein. Yeah, they're actually really delicious. They're just kind of crunchy and salty. And you have them in tacos and it's just like crunchy, salty tacos. That's So cool, they're man. wonderful.
1: Where but were like, you when you had the cricket tacos?
0: At my house. Oh, really? Yeah, one of my friends brought them from Mexico. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah.
1: But those stories, none of those stories are about Having a giant bug stabbed right in front of you no, and then just having no. it offered to you,
0: you know no, it's not no, no, fres- they fresco, were fresco, as they say. Yeah, it wasn't like bug sashimi, right? Like yeah, it wasn't yeah. just like super fresh,
1: super yeah. juicy.
0: Yeah, it's like that's yeah. different. Yeah.
1: Right off the kebab.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is yeah, also that's...
1: very much like Huntara. You know, a it badass is. living in an unforgiving landscape, surviving off of bugs.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So now they tell him they're looking for their friend, Princess Entrapta, and they ask if he's seen her.
0: You know, purple hair, likes robots,
1: like really, really likes robots.
0: (laughs) And Mike is like, oh, yeah, she stole my rations and only the tiny ones. Yes, that's her. (laughs) Yeah. But so like, if he doesn't have a safe place, does he have like ration stashes all over the island? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think we're going to get that answered. And now we
1: yeah. have a great moment for a comic interlude for Micah to get to freak out about Swifty
0: being a talking flying horse. Which I don't friggin' blame him for. I, if I ever, like, you know, if you and I were hanging out and all of a sudden this horse came up and was like, hey, what's going on, bro? I would be like, not too bad.
2: <gasps>
0: yeah, everybody gets to freak out about Swifty when they first meet him. Yep. Um, and you know, we have the predictable like the horse is talking and and it has wings. And yes. Swifty's like, Yeah, I can hear you. I'm I'm Swiftwind. Yeah. I'm I ha I have a personhood or a yes. horsehood, right? Like <laughs> yes. I I exist.
1: Personhood, like I think, you. is the correct word.
0: I think Swifty has a personhood, yeah. You know,
1: personhood doesn't necessarily have to be human.
0: No, true. You know,
1: personhood implies, I think, um, sentience. Yes. Yes. He is sentient. Um, Yes. So Micah apologizes again. He says it's been a while since he's talked to people or horses because horses talk now and that's normal.
0: Totally. And that's how I feel like when I talk to the kids these days.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, listen, he's been living with no context for so long. I feel like he's willing to accept whatever
0: you say. Say, this is normal now? Sure. I like that he's like that instead of reactionary, though. Oh, I like yeah. that he's like, you know what? Okay, fine. Instead of being like, I don't like it. This doesn't seem right. He's just like, okay, Yeah, sure. man. He's like, after it's everything fine. I've
1: seen, it, sure whatever floats your boat, my dudes. Sure. Yes. Like, yes. He's awesome. Yes. So they managed to bring the topic back around to Entrapta. And Micah says she went straight to the center of the island before he could stop her.
0: Of course. That is such an entrapta thing. Yes. And, and they are so,
1: down to follow her.
0: Yeah, but Micah's like, you definitely cannot go there. You'll never come back. It's where the signal is the strongest. The
1: signal.
0: The signal. And Swiftwind finally has a little bit of validation here. Yeah. Swifty's very relieved that someone else knows what this is. Yep, and then we get some some exposition about what the signal is from Micah. Yes. Um, and just kind of what's going on in Beast Island in general. Yes. Um, it's a place of massive ancient tech. Most of it is degraded, but some of it still works. And something at the center of the island has never stopped signaling.
1: Yes. Now, I am going to stop you for a moment, Mef. Do You remember way back in season one when I told you and everyone... What the signal is. It's a fun trivia fact. No. Okay. I don't blame you.
0: <laughs> I don't remember it's much. Fine. So that's I, fine.
2: I, I
1: probably wouldn't remember this either if not for the fact that I was the one who said it. Um, Great. So I don't even remember which episode it was in. But way back in season one, I think we were talking about general Etheria and Eternia trivia. Okay. Um, I shared this with everyone. This is from the main S-Pop wiki. You know, Shira and the Princesses of Power, the current show. Okay. Okay. On the Eternia page under the trivia tab it tells you this the signal broadcasting from the heart of Beast Island is a backmasked message which is backwards audio so when played oh. when played in reverse to create normal speech it states planet wide evacuation required all units return to Eternia
2: This oh, so is it's-
1: one of the more explicit pieces of evidence that the first ones hail from Eternia
0: Oh, so, it, so the signal is actually that with a bunch of filters and weird shit over it. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then that's the answer of how they made it then.
1: I mean, there is, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff layered on top
0: of it to create oh, yeah, the audio, yeah. sure, that sure, we, sure.
1: the effect that we want, but there are words buried in it.
0: And those cool. are the words. Wow. Damn, okay. Yeah. That was a hmm. signal telling all the
1: first ones... Hey, get, we get fucked the up fuck this fuck planet, yeah. and so
0: now we're just going to leave it. Everybody get, get out the, of here. Get yeah. the fuck off the island. Yeah, yeah. Um, Huh, okay. But maybe that doesn't explain, well, maybe it does explain why it dulls your resolve and exposes your vulnerabilities yeah, because it, it's it, corrupted.
1: Yeah, it doesn't, the, the, the content of the message doesn't explain anything about the no. effect it has. But the fact that it's corrupted tech and, you know, they fucked up this planet and just left it to get more and more degraded, all the tech that they
0: dumped, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Um, yes.
1: Micah says that the signal dulls your resolve, exposes your vulnerabilities, it pulls you in. everything that stays on Beast Island becomes a part of it eventually. Yay. And as he's saying this, the shot pans around and we see creatures really just one creature nearby that has been pulled in by the creepy corrupted tech vines and basically mm-hmm. merged with the island in like an ossified kind of way yeah it's very disturbing
0: it's really disturbing and we try you know Bo wants to know why adora and Bo can't hear it right and you know micah says this is really kind of poignant too that you stay here long enough, and you will. He's heard it every day, months, years. And he has no sense of time, right? And that's very um, important. And also, in terms of like the metaphor, losing sense of time, both when grieving and you know, as part, uh, as part of depression, is a is a thing that happens. Absolutely. So, um, but he also talks about how he fights it. Yeah, you know, his particular way here, to fight it.
1: After he says he has no sense of time here. The next thing he says is nothing will stop him from reuniting with his family.
0: Yes. And that's what his drive is. Yes. Yes. That's Um, the thing that has him able to keep his head above water, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Yes. So
1: enough of these existential horrors. I know. He wants news. News of the rebellion. News
0: of Bright Moon. News of his baby girl. Oh, Oh, Glimmer. Well, and Adora kind of stumbles, but Bo is immediately like, she's our best friend. Yeah. So they're
1: definitely not ready to tell him that it's been over a decade. Right, that he, he missed his daughter's entire childhood, and his wife is dead. They're not going to just jump right you're into not just telling him drop
0: that. Drop that on this dude. Yeah, you just can't be like, "Well, damn, nice to see you." Anyway, your everything at home is gone. I know you're depressed. Peace. Yeah. So they just start off by telling him nice
1: stuff that has nothing to do with locating them in time.
0: Right. Like, hey, we're best friends. We totally know them. Yes. We're the best friend squad. Right. We um, even have
1: a name. Isn't yes, that cute? Yes. You know. And luckily. Before he can ask any more specific questions, they're interrupted by more scary sounds. And
0: so it's like,
1: follow me. We'll all escape together.
0: Man, I love how like before anything deep ever happens on Etheria, they are interrupted by fighting.
1: Well, it's like, you know, in the midst of all this scary shit, you don't have the time that you want to have to sit down and talk about important Uh stuff. Sure. That makes sense. I mean, it's it's convenient for the plot, but it's also like it's inconvenient. And it's like this is what it is to have to be. In the heat of all this shit is that you don't have time. Oh, yeah.
0: No, oh, absolutely. That totally makes sense. But you're right, it is convenient. Yeah, I mean it's convenient.
1: So the next scene designation I have is on the move through Beast Island. <laughs>
0: yep. Just kinda kinda walking through Beast Island. Yeah. We have this little we have a walk and talk here with uh, yep. with Micah and Swifty, where, you know, Swifty is letting Micah know that horses are totally allowed. In the war room, and they get chairs at uh, big important, big, important ones. chairs and unlimited sugar cubes, which get it, get it, Swifty, you yeah. know.
1: And Mike is down for all of this, let progress roll.
0: Sure, it's like cool, sounds good to me. Grabs yes. a snack. And he's also still on the hunt for yummy bugs. Yep, Psst. grabs a snack, yep. you know. Yep,
1: yep, and Adora and uh, Adora and Bo are walking ahead or behind. right separately they're like in two groups of two and Adora still thinks that all this survival skill shit from King Micah is very cool yeah and she and Bo are psyched they're going to get to deliver the news to Glimmer that her dad is alive
0: yeah and I love the fact that 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 Adora says he's a little weird but I guess that's be to be expected after all this time alone but I like to headcanon that Micah's always been kind of a little weird and this just like Kind yeah. of exacerbated it, like I'm, yeah, yeah. I think he's always just been kind of like, like a little bit of a weirdo, and like just kind of free spirit, doing his own yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He's just kind of a weird guy. A he's like a weird dad. Yeah, yeah. 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 Funky but weird like, dad. He's like a funky weird dad, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I can
0: definitely get behind that.
1: Yeah, but um, like I
0: mean, he's extra weird now because he hasn't talked to humans. Yeah, but he
1: has no societal constraints. No reason. To try to conform to anything.
0: Right. But, like, I don't think he was, like, all... Like, I think this is him kind of letting his freak flag fly, so to speak. So. Yeah,
1: I get behind that. Yeah. Um, And Bo is especially psyched that he gets to deliver this amazing news to Glimmer. Because now she'll definitely have to forgive them. Not that I they technically know. did anything
0: wrong. But she'll definitely right.
1: forgive them now.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, it's not great that they kept Glimmer. That I mean, Glimmer was, like, not doing great. And she hasn't really been a good friend, but but, I mean, right. have they right. and like his his wheels are just spinning he's so much spinning so much. like
1: the fact that they are, you know, not in harmony is something that he just cannot let go of and not just let it rest. Like he has to try to make it resolve in his mind.
0: You know, I'm just like, uh, you know, as I'm kind of, you know, I watch the episode and as I'm reading this transcript, I-, I see, can you even have a fight with a best friend and still be best friends? And I'm like, you're talking to Adora, dude.
1: Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> like, as, as of he's saying people. this, Adora <laughs> is walking silently beside him looking so anxious. Yeah. And, you know, I just can't help thinking... That sh- the reason that she is so in her head right now is because she's thinking about the fact that the last time she had a big fight with a best friend, it was the end of the friendship.
0: Right. Yeah. So she's like, "I'm eh, not really the person to ask about yeah. this." So she's My probably trying yeah. to end the world. Yeah. Eep. Like. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. So Bo eventually notices that Adora is distracted
0: and asks, "Sure, hey, are you okay?" And Adora has also has her own concerns. Like she can't turn into She-Ra. Yeah. She's super freaked out about that. She's super freaked out. And, and, you know, she's starting to get in her head here. And what we're seeing is though they can't, Hear the signal, or they're saying they can't hear the signal. The signal is starting to affect them. Yes. They're starting to get the self doubt. Now they did have the self doubt, but they're, you're starting to see it deepen here.
1: Yes, because what does Adora say specifically, like when she it,
0: vocalizes her self doubt? She says, "What if Glimmer is right and all I do is ruin everything? I feel useless." Yes, exactly. Which, like, if you've ever had depression. Also those two feelings are very familiar.
1: And especially for Adora, like her core of self-worth is feeling useful. Absolutely. Yep. Um yes, I think that you put that all very well. They don't hear the signal but it's still affecting them. Yeah. Um so Bo basically reassures her that they are all still their awesome selves with all their mm-hmm. same awesome roles. Yeah.
0: Plus, now they have cool sorcerer dad. He is cool. Also, cool sorcerer dad, great gender. Yes. That's a great gender. It is a great gender. Yeah.
1: Um, And we see Swifty and Micah getting up to funny hijinks together with bugs. And, you know, they- it's a little light moment. Like, he yeah. Fits they fits right in with our gang. He does. And
0: they uh, they develop a great friendship. They do. I really like the friendship that they develop together. Um, And this is like the beginning of... This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship between those two who I had canon as the two straight people on Etheria. It's
1: definitely possible. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, So Adora is temporarily reassured. um, But then as Bo walks away, she looks down at her sword, which is currently in gauntlet form on her arm. Mm -hmm. And it seems and then we hear the sound again and it kind of seems like she hears it. Or even if she doesn't hear it, she's kind of slipping back into being affected by it. Yes, she, she was temporarily assured by Bo, but as soon as he she, he takes one step away from her, she's back into that. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm yep. kind of I'm kind of just useless.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Um, and... and then
1: we leave them to ponder <laughs> their deep dark depression voids.
0: Fun. And we go uh- back over
1: to see how Glimmers doing in the Crystal Castle.
0: I fucking love this scene. Yeah, it's great. I love that Glimmer is essentially like, she's that like wipe the blood off the side of her mouth, spits out a tooth and is like, come on, bring it. Yeah, is that all you got? Is that all you got? You don't, and, have, you don't have any more spiders? And this line, um, last episode, you talked about this, Jenny, and this line stood out for me. Yeah, Um, yeah. Because of what you talked about is the first one stole the magic of Etheria, the magic of my people. Yes. And I wouldn't have picked that up if you didn't bring it up in the last episode. I'm glad we talked about it. So thank you, Jenny. My that pleasure. Really, that really put that line in perspective for me and no put doubt. Glimmer's like, righteous anger here. Yeah. And real drive to want to have this power and take the device for herself. Fuck yeah. And so like I, I get it more. I'm so glad. Yeah, I get it more. So thank you. I'm so glad. You're very
1: welcome. Do you want to say the rest of her line? Because I think the whole thing is pretty important.
0: Yes. So then she pleads. And and, like at this point, she is angry. And she says, please talk to me. That magic is how I stop this war. It's how I save everyone. That magic, the magic at the heart of Etheria, I want to use it. Mm
1: -hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, Hey. Temporary administrator access granted to hey she, she said Wayne the right Glimmer words of bright moon yeah she said the magic words yep yep she said the right words to get light hope's attention and finally she has proven herself as someone that light hope will at least talk to
0: well that's good
1: which is unprecedented as far as it we is. know
0: yes so and, you know the
1: lights all change color from scary red you know attacker danger lights to the you know bisexual heaven interior color scheme that we have seen before.
0: Yeah, when everything is all calm in in the Crystal Castle, it's all bisexual heaven yep, lighting. Yep so. yep.
1: so Queen Glimmer, please proceed. And we'll proceed back again to Beast Island.
0: Yep. And we are now seeing Swift Wind is is getting worn out out yeah he's really not coping well with the signal now yep and so he's hearing it and micah is definitely hearing it and now it's physically now the island is actually physically coming after them um because we see the the like the island is starting like it's like tentacles like are starting to come after like like, fall near them, and... Yeah,
1: the island is, like, alive.
0: Yeah, which, ew. Um, But, you know,
1: they're trying to stay strong. <clears throat> yep. And keep going, and so Micah asks them to tell him about Glimmer.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> Bo is, like, stubborn. Yeah. Real stubborn.
1: Yeah, he's which feeling is... pretty grumpy on the subject of Glimmer right now. Mm-hmm. And Adora is, like, elbowing him and, like... You know, the equivalent of, like, kicking him under the table. Shoot. Oh. Yeah. She's like, dude. And jumps in and says that she's also wicked brave. Yeah. And Adora says, I just want to be the hero she deserves, and I don't know if I have been. Oh. Which is another heartbreaking line. Oh, Adora. And before we can have all our guts ripped out by that, Micah gives us some more great comic relief. Because he asks if she still has a favorite stuffed animal, you know, like the one he made for her,
0: Owl, Yes, which so is the we... one. Go ahead, take it. Uh, no, no, I say, so if this is the one that we see. And we see this in Glimmer's Bedroom and you've brought up Cowl before. Yes. I mean, I think we both talked about it like way back
1: when we first saw Glimmer's Bedroom. Yeah. In whichever of the first three episodes it was. I think it was episode three. When we mm-hmm. first saw Glimmer's Bedroom, we pointed out the stuffed animal Cowl because that was another one of the real characters from the original she Yep. That is in a stuffed animal form in, in the reboot. In the and reboot. So yeah. they're saying that her dad made it for her, which is yeah. so
0: cute. Which is really cute. Yeah.
1: And Adora also remembers it. She's like, oh yeah, I remember that stuffed animal. hmm And um, she and tells Micah that Glimmer has also been using his sorcerer staff.
0: Yep. Yeah. And Micah's like, that's a little dangerous for a That's a dangerous for a little kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Bo's like, "She's try telling her that. She doesn't listen to anyone these days. And Bo almost like blows up the whole Shadow Weaver thing. Yes. Which like that's gonna like bring Micah some fucking Yeah, this
1: is not the best way to break that news, Bo.
0: Yeah, like also, like Bo, that's a thing for Micah too. Damn.
1: I know, right? It's not like Micah doesn't have history with Shadow Weaver. Does Bo know that?
0: Yes, Bo I does think know everyone that. Knows. I think everybody knows that. Yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah, they you know, we we went to Mysticor, we had right, the whole backstory. Right,
0: right, right. Sandra um, O told us all about it. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we are spared again from diving too deep into that because of some more scary creatures with adorable names. I love this. It's like,
0: it's the pookas.
1: The pookas. <laughs> I'm like, they sound adorable. Yes, adorable terror.
0: <coughs> Editor's like, I no, 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 no. They, they look no, no.
1: adorable <laughs> until they open their mouths. Like fish or cats. I don't know what those are
0: they're just look them up they're terrifying also i want to let you know uh people that i was watching this on my tv and um you may have heard me talk about my cat charlie and as the puka sounds came on charlie jumped on the um the console started meowing and walked around the back of the tv to look (laughs) for the pukas she was like what's that sound that's hilarious I'm like, damn, Charlie. OK, yeah. don't. And I'm like yelling like, Charlie, they're not real. They're not behind the TV. <laughs> so that's so funny. Anyway, you got young, curious cats. I do. I, got I an do.
1: Old, squishy cat that just wants well, to lie on me all the
0: time. Well, it's probably smarter than my cats. But I mean, my cat was once young and curious and jumped yeah. on everything. So Charlie was ready to protect me from the pukas. Well, you are lucky. Um, yes, I am. Because they're terrifying. They are
1: especially because there's, you know, there's a whole pack of them. It's not like it's just one. Yeah, and they.
0: Yeah, they're smart. They travel in packs. They lure them in, surround them, and they just until it's too late to do anything about it. And they are being hunted.
1: Right. So now they are literally running for their lives, and Bo starts basically crying, saying that they should never have come here without Glimmer because she could have teleported them out. Yep. And this makes Micah start to freak out at the idea yeah. of his very small child being out in the field doing, you know, military work. And then that makes him start to, re- you know, Angela shouldn't let her. And this makes him start to realize that way more time has passed uh-huh. than he had realized. And, and kind he's... of share this heavy eye contact.
0: Uh-huh. And he's like, okay, tell me the truth. But they're still running for their lives. Yeah, yeah. But he, like, he has to know. Yeah, because like, they, they just are kind of running. look at each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they kind of, like, they
1: share a look that's like, oh, fuck, you know now.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um. So they're still running
1: away. One of the slightly adorable but mainly scary pukas bites Swifty on the butt, and he bolts, just like any spooked horse would, magical or not. Yep. And they all run after Swifty and they end up right in the center of the island slash Swamps of Sadness. Mm hmm. As now the signal starts up again and the vines are wrapping around Swifty and pulling him down.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And my next bullet is all caps. And now everyone who saw the never ending story as a child gets re-traumatized.
0: Yes, because this is this very much looks and is like that scene in the yeah, ending story yeah. where you and the horse is fucking white. I mean, the white yeah, horse yeah, gets pulled yeah. into the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, that is
1: definitely an intentional, yeah. you know, thing. It's not a coincidence.
0: Right. So
1: um, as as they go down one by one, their eyes turn gray and they lose all their hope and the mm-hmm. vines and the vines take them
0: yeah so this is when micah asks tell me the truth Glimmer's, Glimmer's not a little girl anymore is she right and wants to know how long have i been gone right and we have the the noise gets louder and it's just fucking the sound design is so fucking cool yeah and they all hear the signal
1: yeah And eventually, one by one, they all go down. So I kind of want to
0: describe here really kind of briefly how everybody's depression manifests because not everybody's depression manifests in the same way. So Swiftwind gets wrapped in and pulls it in and, you know, the, the signal is so loud and he has, you know, his manifests in brain fog. He can't think straight. And as they get wrapped in... Bo gets wrapped up and says, you know, gets dejected and feels hopelessness. It's too late, isn't it? We couldn't fix it. Right. Because this is where Bo puts his value of himself as being able to fix things. Yep. He is a he is a person of hope. So his depression would manifest as something that he is unable to fix something, his hopelessness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Micah loses the thing that he's keeping him from getting depressed. Right, the promise of returning to his family. Because Adora says, don't give in, not after all this time. We'll get you back to Bright Moon. Glimmer needs you to come home and help her be queen. Right. And Micah makes the calculation here that Glimmer is old enough to be queen, and Angela is dead. Right. And he loses all of his hope. And we see this, like, it's just heartbreaking like he just gives up Mm -hmm. like his body goes limp and he just gives up and this is grief like his body gives in to the grief and depression and now we have adora is alone
1: yeah and we have such a and it's such a wonderful visual metaphor of your body giving in to this physical thing that is depression pulling you down yes like into a pit that you've physically you, break yes. free
0: from. Wrapping you up in these tendrils and tentacles and pulling you down into like into itself. Like yeah. you like they're being pulled into themselves and they cannot escape. They they literally cannot move. And everybody's is manifesting in a different way. Yep. And then we get to Adora. Mm-hmm. Who is watching the people around her. And she's begging them not to give up begging them not to Saying
1: she can't do this alone yes because that's a big fear for her yes is having to do it all alone because at the end of the day she feels responsible for doing it all alone yeah, you know, people along the way throughout the whole series have been telling her, you're not alone. You don't have to do it alone. But secretly, she feels that she does have to do it but alone. But secretly,
0: she feels like she does have to do it alone. And that's where her depression is is, right. is loneliness is. And, and
1: her last line that seems like it's going to be, you know, the final nail in her coffin is, Glimmer was right.
0: Yeah, I can't do this. Right. Glimmer was right.
1: And then just as it seems like this is the end, like she is going down. We see this flash of light and it's somewhat unclear. It seems to be coming from the sword. The sword is still held above her head, but it's wrapped up in vines also. So she's not really holding it up like the vines are holding it up. So it's not really clear to me, is the light coming from the sword or is this in Adora's like internal mindscape? I don't really think it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be the magic of the sword giving her that final boost, like the sword still believes in her, kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm guessing that this is one of the first times we see, like, this is the Shira ra magic. Like, I think this is like yeah. Etheria coming through and yeah, believing in her. I, I agree. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. So, you know, the sword gives her this boost, like, no, the magic of Etheria is still here to help you. So we see this flashback of Adora remembering her final moment with Angela, um, when Angela kissed her forehead and said, take care of each other. But mm-hmm. we hear Adora's voice saying those words, take care of yes. each other. Because it's Adora remembering it.
0: Yes, and it's Adora remembering. So what ad- what keeps Adora going is is promise. Adora's yes. what keeps it. And, and you know, that's like the recurring friggin theme of the entire show as well is the promise. The promises that, and the bonds that you keep with the people you
2: love.
1: Yes, and then we see a whole montage of her remembering general memories of the best Mm -hmm. friend squad, the princess buddy alliance.
0: Yeah, yeah. And bam,
1: her eyes open and they're glowing the Avatar She-Ra glow.
0: Yep, and you know, this is also kind of a foreshadowing of like what brings the She-Ra, what brings the She-Ra? It's love.
1: That's right. Love is the way, dude. That is right.
0: Love is the way. and connections to the people (laughs)
2: In yes. your
1: life,
0: the people who you're fighting for. Love and connection. Yep. Yep. And now we see the She-Ra is inside you all along. That's right. And yep. so
1: as, you know, she's getting her magic back, she says she won't give up. Not on my friends, not on Etheria, not on myself.
0: Yep. And then she rips free and does the thing. Yay. And and the, the She-Ra magic of, of, of love and connection and promise and support. That so, all of the that's so Fucking gay, dude. This is it's the gayest moment. It's so gay. You know what? I think this is the gayest moment. Yeah, because yeah, it's you know
1: gayest moment. Like that's where queer power comes from: is community,
0: community. Yeah, love,
1: love for each other is what keeps us going as a community
0: and ourselves. Yeah, love for each other and ourselves, and yeah. the love that we get for ourselves by becoming, by being a community. That's right. By building each other up. Amen, hallelujah.
1: So she basically just like slams the sword down and this giant, giant, shiny light blasts across the ground and all the vines disappear. Yay, our friends are saved.
0: Yay, our friends are saved. She used pure She-Ra magic to do this. It's so cool. Yep. And and reflects back that it wasn't the signal blocking her from being She-Ra, it was her. It was her own self-doubt. It was her own self doubt. Shira was with me all along. She was afraid of what Glimmer said, mm-hmm. and she was afraid that she was making everything worse. But she made a promise mm-hmm. to take care of everyone, and she will. That's right. And Mike is like, "Wait a minute! You're Shira. My daughter is queen." He's <laughs> like, "What kind of crazy Mishigas is happening at my at home?" yeah
1: and they're like yeah dude we got some
0: kiki to catch you up on right i leave home for 15 years and (laughs) what the fuck yeah right you know so yes but all the pukas
1: are still around ready to attack so they don't have time still to have a nice chat they all get back into their defensive fighting positions ready for round two with the pukas
0: yep and this like this like Tableau of them all in this like badass fighting pose is wicked cool. Yeah, it would make a great t-shirt. Yeah.
1: Um so th- but they're all ready. suddenly all the puka's run off. Well must be Which because of their weird. badass fighting yeah, pose. Our buddies have not done anything yet. They're still in in their badass fighting poses. But they look really cool. They do so. look cool. Um, but maybe they ran off because of the giant robot monster thing. Giant
0: robot! Oh <gasps> yay! Wait, giant robot. Not yay. More terror. Everybody get the red Shira quick. Oh, shit. But then the robot mouth opens and it's Entrapta in a new new mask. She has a new mask. It has a new
1: mask that is a lot cooler. I mean, the old one was cool, too, but this one is like
0: this one is like more
1: more shaped and more futuristic looking, you
0: know? Yeah. It's very cool. Yes.
1: And so she says something that is kind of like a flip of her first line. Mm-hmm. She says, Princesses, I saved you. Love it. Which is her very first line from her very first appearance was Princesses, I'm saved. Yep. So it's kind of a playful callback to that. Love it. Yep. Hooray! Hooray! Entrapta's back. up. Ba, 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 ba,
0: ba. All our buddies we- are back together. We love Entrapta. Yes.
1: Now we're back to our last scene, back at the Crystal Castle, with Light Hope and Glimmer having their first real conversation.
2: Mm.
0: So Glimmer goes into this big echoey Light Hope chamber, yes, and <laughs> and is like, you know, essentially like Light Hope, you know, where you at? And Light Hope shows up and is like. The crystal castle is intended for she and and her steed. You are trespassing. And we know we we got evil Light Hope. We don't have happy-go-lucky, yeah. like, you know, thank you for the flowers, Light Hope, Mara's yeah, no. girlfriend, right? That is, like, that is a
1: thing of the distant past.
0: Yeah, we don't have that Light Hope anymore. Yeah. And so. so
1: Glimmer, like, this is sort of my abbreviated summation because I don't think the dialogue here is super important word for word. No. Nah. My next bullet is Glimmer's like, yeah, well, your girl's not here to do the job, but I am. <laughs>
0: Yep, yeah, and I like that Light Hope, you can watch Light Hope doing some calculations. Yes. Ah.
1: Yeah,
0: Adora is ah. compromised.
1: She is not willing to do what is necessary to protect Etheria, but you are.
0: Yep, and Glimmer's like, damn right. Mm-hmm, so Light Hope spills the tea. Yep, and this is important fucking exposition, and this yeah. is gonna rocket us to the end of the season. Yeah. So we learn that Adora has not succeeded in balancing Etheria. What the fuck does that mean? Yes. 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 So the princesses are the conduits for the heart's
1: power.
2: mm -hmm. And all
1: of the princesses must be connected to their rune stones to balance the planet in order for the heart of Etheria to work.
0: Well, shit. How
1: how does that? And there's still one princess who is not connected to her rune stone because
0: of the interference of the Horde. Shit. Who is it? We all know who it is. Oh, and then we see Scorpia. This is actually one of this is the other gayest moment. We see Scorpia kind of like leaning out the window, pensively looking out, with like leaning on one of her claws. Yeah, a little balcony and it's just pose like,
1: for Scorpia.
2: Yeah.
0: Her like little like lesbian, like thoughtful lesbian balcony pose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shit, it's Scorpia. It's like ba-boom. Oh. Oh, damn, Jenny. Oh. Damn. Yes.
1: So everyone who had an objective in this episode met their objective. Everybody met their objective. And then some. And then some. We even got a bonus prize king that we weren't looking for. A short king.
0: We got a short king. (laughs) Who doesn't love a short king? I love a short king. I do too. I am a short short king. king. I am. I love it. Yeah. So, So Jenny. So much action. So Beth. So what do we learn? Whew.
1: I learned not to go anywhere near a depression island Yeah, where, you know, if I am not able to overcome my depression, that I'm going to be sucked into a swamp or, you know, fused with, you know, corrupt techno vines. I don't want to have my ability to overcome my depression tested in a literal way like that. I'm staying away from all questionable, alive depression islands.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I think that's a really good lesson. I think I also want to stay away from Depression Island.
1: Yes. And we also learned that as queers, our power, our strength, our ability to survive comes from our love for our community, for each other, and for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I like that. So let's That's hold a on to that. One. Let's hold on to that. Let's let's hold that one close to our these hearts of Ethereum. are some dark Etheria. times. They are some dark times. And we all need that as much as our friends in Etheria do. We absolutely do. Well, folks, if you liked what you heard and you want to eat some bugs with us, you can like and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us on Twitter, X, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at HeyAdoraCast, or you can email us all of your favorite bug recipes at HeyAdoraCast at gmail.com. Nice. And yeah, yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. You can send us a bug pie. Nom, 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 nom. Um, nom, 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 so uh, rumor has it, we have a Patreon.
1: We do, confirmed.
0: Confirmed rumor. It's, it's a wicked fun place. It's a wicked fun place. And if you become a member of the Rebellion, you can get fantastic perks like bonus episodes, Discord, all sorts of fun. We do live watches, we hang mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. We do all sorts of cool, yep, freaking stuff. We have a, stuff. a really fun Discord where you can chat with your fellow Assyrians yeah. and- The
1: do Discord's all kinds, great. all kinds of wacky shenanigans.
0: The Discord is great, and you can find the link to our Patreon, as well as the link to this week's Spotify playlist, Beast Island, in our show notes or at heyadora.gay. As
1: always, friends, you can find all of our things at heyadora.gay. We will never let you
0: down. We will never let you down. We will always be .gay. All day. Every day.
1: Gay all day.
0: Okay, all day, every day. And remember, queer joy is radical. And
1: queer love saves the universe. Ow!
2: Peace Island! Puka.